Did you know that every single time you read your Bible, you are taking a risk? Every single time you read your Bible or hear a sermon preached on the Bible, you are taking a risk. Why? Because we will be judged based on what we've been given. And as Christians, we have a book. And in this book, we have all the truth that we need to live for Christ. And with that comes responsibility. The more truth that we have, uh, the more will be required of us. That's why Jesus said, from everyone who's been given much, much will be required. And from the one who's been entrusted with much, even more will be asked. Now, I'm certainly not discouraging you from reading this book. In fact, as your pastor, and I know Craig would say the same, I hope you read this book every day. I hope you listen to sermons. I hope you do all of that. But I'm not only encouraging you to read it, I'm encouraging you to do what it says. That's why Jesus said, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. You know, the people in Jesus' day, they had the law and the prophets, and then Jesus came on the scene and they were receiving the gospel. And those people had heard the words of God for hundreds and hundreds of years, over and over again, yet many of them remained in unbelief. So what Jesus had to say to them and what he has to say to us this morning is pay attention to how you hear. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what they think they understand will be taken away from them. It's very important how we hear the word of God. And that's the take-home message this morning. If you're taking notes, there are bulletins on your seats with fill-in-the-blanks. Here's the take-home message. It's very simple. Are you listening? God is always speaking. He's speaking through his word. But are you listening? Since we're beginning this series on the parables, I want to give you a little bit of background information. Uh, First, I just want to give you a definition of, of a parable, okay? The parables are earthly stories that teach us heavenly realities. The parables are earthly stories that teach us heavenly realities, and the parables make up about one-third of all of Jesus' teaching. So if Jesus was the greatest teacher that ever lived, and this massive proportion of his teaching was parables, these are incredibly important for us to understand. It begs the question, why did Jesus teach in parables? Well, for one reason... It was to fulfill prophecy. So a little later in Matthew 13, in verses 34 and 35, uh, Jesus talks about that. But it also had a separating effect on the people. Uh, This was really interesting to study in leading up to this sermon, uh, how how these parables were used by Jesus. And, And here's what I mean. For those who truly knew God... For those who truly hung on his every word and trembled at his word and and put into practice his word, the parables were truly enlightening. They took them deeper and deeper into the heavenly realities that God wanted to teach them. But for those who had rejected God, for those who were hardening their hearts and taking the word of God lightly, the parables led to the more hardening of the heart. And so in this way, the parables revealed the truth to believers, but veiled the truth from hardened hearts and unbelievers. 
And so this morning, the question we want to answer is what do the parables teach us? I mean, we're going to walk through these parables and each parable is going to have a different lesson. But as a whole, what do we need to keep in the back of our minds? What do they teach us? Before we get started, I want to read through the whole passage for us. So look at your Bibles. I'm going to read verses 10 through 17. I think our lead pastor is going to talk to you if you have any questions. So look at verse 10 with me. I'm going to read through the passage. Then the disciples came and they said to Jesus, why do you speak to them in parables? And Jesus answered them, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, and did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. We're going to see three lessons in this passage that the parables teach us, and they are so applicable to all of our lives here. And so here is the first one. The parables teach us to be faithful with what we have. The parables teach us to be faithful with what we have. Look at verse 12 with me. Jesus makes this somewhat mystifying statement, but we're going to talk about this. He says, For to the one who has, more will be given And he will have an abundance, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. What what does that mean? Well, this phrase is used by Jesus five times, okay? And there's four times outside of this, and two of those times, Jesus uses this phrase to admonish us to listen carefully, to pay attention to how we listen. And we're going to talk about that in the next point. But there's another two times he uses this, and he is using it to to admonish us to be good stewards. Maybe you've heard that phrase before, be good stewards. What it essentially means is this. Everything that you and I have doesn't belong to us. Everything we have has been given to us by God. James 1.17 says, every good and every perfect gift comes from above. Okay, so we are not owners, we are stewards. We're not owners, we are managers. We are managing the things that belong to God while we are on this earth. And we are called to be faithful with what we have. And underlying this statement by Jesus is another biblical principle, and it's so important. It is this. If you can't be trusted with a little, you can't be trusted with much. Let me say that again. If you can't be trusted with a little, 
you cannot be trusted with much. You know, Jesus talked about this in two parables. Uh, One was the parable of the talents, and I think that's probably a more well-known parable. That's the one in Matthew 25. But there's another parable Jesus talked about this with, and it's called the parable of the minas. Okay, that was in Luke 19. And just let me give you a little summary of that parable. There was a nobleman who was going into a far country, but before he left, he called 10 of his servants to see him. And to each of them, he gave one mina. Now you're looking at me like, I have no idea what a mina is. And I didn't either until I studied it. So a mina is three months wages about. Okay, so it's a a decently large sum of money. So this nobleman gave 10 of his servants each one mina. And he told them to engage in business until he came back. So one day, the nobleman returns from a long journey. And he calls the servants forward. And he asks them what they'd done with the mina he'd given them. Well, the first servant says, I have gained 10 minas more. Okay, that's a really good return. And the nobleman says, well done. You've been faithful in a little. Now have authority over 10 cities. That's pretty gracious, right? He'd been faithful in a little. Now he was going to watch over much. Well, another person came forward, one of his servants, and they said, I have gained five minas more. And the the nobleman said, well done, have authority over five cities. But then there was another servant, and they'd done nothing with the mina, okay? And so what the nobleman did is he said, take that mina from them and give it to the one who earned ten minas. And all the servants were up in arms. They said, he already has ten minas. And to that, Jesus said, to he who has much, more will be given. But to he who has little, even what he has will be taken away. Does that make sense? You know, this is kind of the way the world works, isn't it? If an employer has an employee and they trust them with something, it's the one who's faithful, who receives an abundance, that that employer will go back to and say, you've been trusted with a little, let me give you more. It's just wise business. I think about music. Music illustrates this point too. I think me and my wife and our experience with music illustrates this point. So my wife started playing the piano when she was five years old. Now she went on to be a piano performance major and now she plays the organ and the piano. My mom put me in piano lessons when I was little and I didn't stick with it. And now even the little musical ability I had is long gone. If you think about sports, you know, you grow up and if you train at a sport, you get in better and better shape. You, you grow in your skill with that sport and you get better. But some of us played sports when we were little and stopped playing and maybe you've lost any sporting ability that you had. Think about money. If you're careful with your money, what does it do? It compounds and adds interest and it gains more and more and more. But for those who have just a little bit of money and squander it and aren't responsible, even the little they have is gone, Right? So this is a very, very important principle. And maybe you're saying, Billy, I have no idea what this has to do with the parables. But it has a lot to do with the parables. And let me tell you how. If you haven't responded to God in the simple things, how will you understand the deep things? Are you the type of person who hangs on God's every word, who trembles at his word, Who the moment you hear it, you apply it to your life and put it into practice. If you're that type of person, you're going to love the parables. Because they're going to take you deeper and deeper into the things of God. Or, are you the type of person 
who's pretty indifferent about this. And you harden your heart. And you don't do what it says. Well, I would uh, invite you to repent this morning. And to call you to take this seriously. You know, one pastor described the Bible as having uh, shallow ends in the pool and deep ends in the pool. Okay? Well, how can you swim in the deep end of the pool if you haven't learned to swim in the shallow end of the pool? So this year is a great opportunity for you to start taking this book more and more seriously. And as you're faithful with this, and as you obey this and do what it says and put it into practice, God wants to open up more and more of his wisdom and truth to you in this book, in the parables. The parables teach us to be faithful with what we have. Here's the next one. The parables teach us to pay attention to how we hear. To pay attention to how we hear. Look at verse 15. Jesus says this, For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn and I would heal them. Well, these are hard words, aren't they? He's actually referencing something that was very famous that happened in the history of the Israelite people. Happened way back in the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 6. There was this guy named Isaiah. And he was called to be a prophet by God in Isaiah chapter 6. And this thing that happened in the temple, it's called a theophany, okay? That's when God appears. God appeared to Isaiah and it says he was lifted up in the temple. In fact, it was such a majestic sight that the whole train of his robe filled the entire temple. And he called Isaiah to preach the word of God to the people. But you want to know something? The people never listened to Isaiah. Isaiah's successful ministry was to preach to them for decades and never have them listen. And Jesus is referencing this from the people's past. When they had been preached the word of God for hundreds and hundreds of years and and hundreds and hundreds of times, but their hearts had grown dull. God never stopped speaking. But the people had stopped listening. And this is why I started the message by saying every time we sit down in this church and every time you're at home and you open your Bible or go to a study, you take a risk. You're either going one way or the other way. You're either hearing it and listening to it and obeying what it says or you're hardening your heart and you're refusing to do what it says. At Prairie Bible Church, we want to be the type of people who who preach the word of God, who study the word of God and do it and obey it. That's why Jesus said, blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. You know, and Jesus also told a parable that was so helpful for understanding this. It's called the parable of the house on the rock. Maybe you've heard this one or heard a song about this one when you were little. Uh, But Jesus told this parable and he said there were two people, okay? He said there was a wise man who built his house on the rock. So when he built his house, he built it on a rock foundation, And one day a storm came and it blew against that house and beat against that house. And you know what? That house didn't fall down. Why? Because it had been founded on the rock. And God described this as the person who hears the word of God and obeys it. But then there was another man. He was a foolish man. He built his house on the sand with shifting foundations. And one day a storm came And it beat against that house, and it blew against that house, and that house crashed down, and great was the fall of it. 
And, God, and Jesus said that this was the person who hears the word of God and does not obey it. You know, in life, we can't stop the storm from coming, can we? Those storms are coming. And adversity hits hard and fast. It hits like a brick. You're not going to be ready. But if you're founded on the word of God, if you've been reading and listening to the word of God and obeying it, you will be ready to face the storms of life like a house built on the rock and nothing will be able to blow it down. Well, maybe you've been listening to this message up to this point and God is convicting your heart. I think that God convicted my heart when I was preparing the message. But I just want to remind you of this. We serve a God who's not just full of truth, but he's full of grace. And he always provides a way of escape for us. And so if God is just prompting your heart to say, man, I need to take the word of God more seriously, maybe he's calling you to repentance. Repentance means to change one's mind. It means to confess our sin and seek to do better by the grace of God. So maybe you need to make a commitment as we go into 2023 to say, I'm going to take the word of God seriously this year. But if your heart is like my heart, I know sometimes when, I, when I'm struggling with sin, the last thing I want to do is bring it to God. As if he didn't already know when I have sin in my life. I heard an illustration about this one time, and I think it's helpful for understanding how we deal with our sin. Imagine that you had a sibling, and you and your sibling were playing outside. And you, all of a sudden, you, you get into a fight. I know for me and my brother, it was we were playing basketball. So we're playing basketball, and all of a sudden, we get in a fight. And imagine if you struck your sibling. I know none of you have ever done that before. <laughs> Praise God. And you know, you kind of, you know, walk inside like it never happened. But unbeknownst to you, there is your mom looking out the window and she sees all of it. Well, what would your mom think if you went through the rest of your day and just acted like it was business as usual? You know what she would be thinking? Hey, Billy, when are we going to have a real conversation? Now that might sound silly, but what do you think it looks like to God when we have things in our life that he knows we need to change and we keep coming to him in prayer? I think what he's saying is, listen, Billy, let's have a real conversation. What about that thing you're keeping from me? Here's the good news. God already knows, and here's the other good news. He's a gracious God. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. James 5.16 says, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other that you may be healed. I've talked about this before, but one of the things that changed my life in my mid-20s was I got involved in, in a small group. Here, it's our life groups. And that allowed me to have other people hold me accountable. And that's a really good thing for us to do too because our hearts are deceitful, aren't they? Maybe we need to begin 2023 with repentance this year, amen? The parables teach us to be faithful with what we have. The parables teach us to pay attention to how we hear. And here's the last one. The parables teach us to give thanks for God's grace. To give thanks for God's grace. Look at verses 16 and 17. Jesus says this, But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. This is an amazing passage of Scripture right here. 
maybe you have some heroes of the faith in the Old Testament. Maybe you have those characters, you've read their narratives in the Old Testament, and you're just blown away by what God did in their lives. For me, one of those guys is Moses, okay? I love Moses' story. There's also Elijah, Abraham, Sarah, Hannah, Samuel, and the list could go on and on. You want to know something amazing? We know more about God's plan during our lives than they knew about God's plan during their lives. I mean, I read about these people and they feel so close to God, don't they? We have more of God's word than they had. We have the New Testament and 2,000 years of church history tacked onto what they had. We are blessed. But we are also responsible for what we do with this, aren't we? We're responsible for what we do with what God's given us. And our first responsibility is to be thankful. It's to be thankful because everything that we have from God, we did nothing to earn or deserve. Think about all the people who came before us and bled and suffered and died and toiled so that we could have this book. Do not take this book lightly. Many suffered so we could have it. And there is one who suffered and died so that we could have all the riches of God. And I'm talking about Jesus Christ. I was reminded this week that everything that I have, I didn't do anything to earn. When I read these parables, I think, who could come up with that? I didn't reach into heaven and pull these truths down about God. No, Jesus came from heaven to earth and brought them down. I didn't do anything to earn peace with God. Jesus did that. I didn't do anything to earn salvation or eternal life. Jesus did that. While we were yet sinners, Jesus did that. We celebrated over Christmas the birth of Jesus, but the story didn't end there. He lived a perfect and sinless life, and then he was put to death on a cross for your sins and for my sins. He paid the penalty that we deserve to pay, and he didn't pay that penalty while we were doing so well. No, while we were rebelling against him, he paid that penalty, but death could not hold Jesus down. After three days, he rose again, he appeared to his followers, and he ascended to heaven where he is seated right now at the right hand of God, where all authority has been given to him so that every knee should bow and tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He did everything so we could have this, and we could have all the riches we have in Christ, and we need to be thankful for that. All that Jesus asks in return is repentance and faith. I like to think of repentance and faith as two sides of the same coin. Okay, on one side of a coin, we have tails. Tails is like repentance. We turn tail and leave our life of sin. The other side is like heads. We head toward Christ in faith, repentance and faith. It's not about what we've done. It's about what he's done for us. And so we put our faith, hope, and trust in the finished work of Christ. And listen, that's the beginning of this journey. If you can make one decision in 2023, make the decision to make Christ your Lord and Savior. That's the most important decision you'll ever make. Your only regret will be that you didn't make it sooner. He'll change your life. You'll receive the Holy Spirit. And suddenly you'll be a part of something greater than yourself. We need to give thanks for God's grace this year. For all that he's given us. And we we need to not take it lightly. You know, last week uh, I was in Arizona. Band, you can come up. I was in Arizona, and I was with my wife's family. Oh, Adam, you can come up. He's a one-man band. 
And I had the, the privilege to spend a week with my wife's family. And I have this, this friend named Josh, okay? My friend Josh lives out there, and he's just one of those rocks of a friend, just faithful, mature Christian, um, and I got the chance to have lunch with him. He's one of those friends in my life that it's not as much me feeding, it's more him feeding me or God feeding me through him, right? My soul gets fed when I'm with Josh. And I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but sometimes when I'm in a conversation with another believer, it's like God will just put something on my heart. And he's like, you need to say this or you need to bring this up. Well, God did that when I was with Josh. Um, And I told Josh, I said, Josh, I think I'm trying to be faithful in what God's called me to. And I'm thankful for, for my job and for all those things. But I just feel a heaviness sometimes. Like I question, am I really being faithful? Am I really listening? Am I really thankful? I do that. And maybe you're like me and you do that. And what Josh said to me was this. He said, Billy, uh, maybe God is teaching you to carry the weight. And that made sense to me because I grew up playing basketball and we would lift weights. And how do you get stronger? You, You push heavier weight, right? And he said, maybe God is teaching you to carry the weight of greater responsibility. And, you know, as I was teaching this message, I look out at all of you and I could just start naming names. So many of you I know are just so faithful, so faithful, serving the Lord, being faithful with what he's given you, paying attention to how you hear, loving the word of God, giving thanks for God's grace. I mean, we have an amazing group of people here, broken sinners saved by grace. But I just want to say to you this morning, maybe God is teaching you to carry the weight. Maybe when you feel that heaviness as you're raising your family or at the workplace or serving in the church or in all the ways God calls us to be responsible, maybe he's teaching you to carry the weight. So I just want to leave you with this. Don't mistake carrying the weight for condemnation. Don't mistake carrying the weight for condemnation. God will continue to prune us and cut us back and teach us more about him and make us more fruitful and give us more responsibility if we'll keep pressing into him. But it's not condemnation. He loves you. And he wants us to keep growing in discipleship with Jesus this year in 2023. Amen. Amen.